This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, and welcome to Transcend with Nat. I'm Nat, I'm your host. So recently I've been talking to a fair amount of people and a lot of the subject that comes up is money, is finances, and a variety of areas related to personal finances, investments, things of that nature. Using the money magnet, which we've talked about on this show before, tithing, seeding, and all sorts of other issues, other concerns, other um, ways of looking at things. So I came across this JR seminar, John Roger, for those of you who are new, that's my spiritual teacher, uh, who I worked with for many years. And he did a seminar called Is There Unlimited Supply? And like I do when I'm DJing one of his seminars, I'll take excerpts from it and I will play them and then discuss them a little bit with you. And this seminar is super packed uh, with so much information in this area of how it works, how this creative energy works that we can work with in our lives to manifest greater riches and abundance and wealth and just how it works spiritually, how, how it works physically and how we can apply these things. Um, and so I'm just going to start out and, and start the first excerpt. There's so much information in this that it's probably going to end up being a two part podcast. Uh, so this will be part one and, uh, here's JR. There seems to be floating round about us something in the air that keeps us as a human being alive. We know that if we stop breathing that the body will die. So we know that there's something in the breathing process that's extremely vital to us as a person. And I'm going to go into more detail, and I probably won't call it breath so much. I might refer to it as prana, or the breath of life. But primarily, it's a formless substance. We can't see it. It's present. And at the same time, it can and does take myriads of forms. Now, that's an easy one to prove. All we have to do is turn around and look at each other. And we know that it takes myriads of forms. So in the first excerpt, Jair is just describing this formless substance, this formless substance. And um, recently I was with a friend of mine and he's wealthy and we were discussing different different things about the economy, about investments, on where to invest. And we got into different risk factors and how we would see how the money basically would be flowing around the world and into what in terms of uh, how to view what would be good investments going forward. And then we got on to other risks, other risk factors outside of the economy itself that could definitely affect it and, and how to uh, look at those and how to prepare for those in a way. And, and those would be, um, exogenous threats to the economy, such as war or uh, a cyber attack that would bring down a financial institution, a bank, a stock market, something like that. And generally, how, how would one prepare for these things? And so we talked about a number of things. And, and finally, I was like, well, I, I look at it, you know, the first thing, and, and he was with me on this, is the, the most important thing is the connection to spirit. And really it's in a way be, because as Jair is describing it here, this formless substance, this formless substance, because if you're in touch with that, since that's the essence of all creation, that's what's behind all of creation, um, that, that's an extremely important aspect uh, to, in a way, it's the best preparation you could have uh, for any of the events that, that could 
you know, possibly happen. Um, because that's, if you're in tune with that, if you're in touch with that, then there really is nothing to fear in terms of the materiality of this world. Not that you won't go through um, difficult or or challenging times and all that, especially in this world. And otherwise, though, how would we have opportunities to grow, right? So that was my first most important thing is to have that. And then we discussed other things like, you know, having skills that we can bring value and community and, and uh, friends and people that were nearby and, and all sorts of different factors. Uh, so that was Jair's. That's just what came to me um, in terms of something I was recently discussing with some discussing with somebody um, regarding this formless substance and the importance of it for me in terms of my investment and my view of investments and of um, protecting assets and things that, that it is a very real and important and number one priority. So here, let me go on to the next excerpt so we can get into it further. Creative people have a couple of attributes. And the reason I'm talking about creative people is because they're the ones that have the greatest potential to get into this formless substance and bring out of the formless substance the energy to create on this planet that that they want. First of all, one of the things we see is self-confidence. It is not the person who brags. It is not the one who does the artificial self-confidence. You may not know that that person has self-confidence because they may not be displaying it in terms of, look at me, I have it, or I am the greatest, or some other terminology. Their self-confidence works this way. They become magnetic in the quality of their life and their thoughts and their feelings become one type of energy and it starts moving in a direction into some goal that they have set up that they're going towards. And that's what I mean by self-confidence. There's not a split in the thinking and the feeling. Should I? I don't know. I feel bad now. Oh, maybe it was this or that. They don't deal in that because they know that putting that in the formless substance also puts that stuff back at you. Because it works often like a mirror. However, it is more than a three-dimensional mirror. So there's just a lot in that little excerpt there um, in terms of, first off, him talking about creative people and um, that aspect of creativity. And one of the things that in business that I look at and in in investing in economics and things of that nature is that really you're looking at, you know, who's, who's, who's going to be creative next, you know, who's going to bring forward this new creation, this new idea and manifest it. Um, and that can create wealth and abundance and all of that. Um, when you have these creative people doing that kind of thing. And, and, and then he went into the, the first aspect that that they have, which is the self-confidence. But I really liked, and I really want to point this out, because people talk about having confidence, having confidence and self-confidence and being confident within yourself. And he gave like a really amazing key to what, to how to get there, really, and what that means, at least in how he's defining it related to this using this formless substance and manifesting greater abundance. And, and that was that your thoughts and your feelings come into oneness and then you move into the direction you're going. So you move physically into the direction you're going. And this is something that JR taught me that he talked about in a lot of different ways. But in terms of this is, I, I hadn't really heard it in terms of a definition for self-confidence or kind of how to how to get that self-confidence and that is to bring your thoughts and your feelings into a 
oneness with the direction, you're, with your goal, with where you're going, where you're not second-guessing yourself and you're not doing going back and forth and doubting and putting the negativity out because, like you said, the, the energy doesn't care what you put into it. it. It often acts as a mirror. So you can, if you put that indecision and that, that not clear direction where you, you start going, you have a divergence between the thoughts and the feelings and, and with the goal and the, the way you're going, um, that you're going to start losing your self-confidence because that's what the, the mirror, that's what this energy is going to reflect back to you. Uh, so I, I think that that's an incredible key to this and, and to the idea of self-confidence. And if you're feeling less confident, then you know there's the, the guide to build your confidence. It's to make sure that your feelings and your thoughts are going that direction of your goal. So let's see what he has to say next. The second quality is they have a very definite direction. What happens with this definite direction is that they utilize their time and their energy in the most productive manner. It is rare that you see them wasting time and effort. Now many people you can see working and you'll know that they're not working. You know that they're just doing busy stuff and they're not being productive, they're not directing, they're not going towards that goal which in they will declare success or happiness. And there are others who can be sitting very quietly in a meditative state who are doing exactly that. They are gaining the self-confidence. They're sitting watching what the mind and the emotions do. So Jair brings up, which uh, we talked a little bit about having that direction or that goal, is, is having that definite direction. That that's the second quality of these people who are able to manifest using this formless substance and having that direction clearly defined. And he touched on doing busy work uh, versus doing directive work. And one of the ways that I've, it's, it's not unique to me. In fact, it's, I forget what it's called. There's actually a definition for it. So every night you look at what are the six most important things for you to do the next day that are in order of priority uh, that will help you achieve whatever that clarity of direction is. And then you just go the next day, you go through them one at a time and you move to the next one after you complete the, f you f do the first one. And then after you complete that, you do the next one until you complete it. And that's another part that it's important to bring the completion, but that's, that would be one technique that I've used. Sometimes I do it in the beginning of the day, just to look at uh, what are the most of all the things that are on my to-do list? What are the things that are really the most important to get me to that next step, that next level for the goal that I'm going towards? Uh, but in order to do that, in order to not just be doing work that needs to be done and doing the busy work, it really is important to address what that definite direction is is for you, where you are going. Let's hear what what we go next. What happens is the creative person gets ideas. They just seem to have a plethora. Now for you people that don't quite get that, that means a many-idead person. They seem to have a plethora of ideas. But the sad thing about this is they don't share what the ideas are in this confident, directive way, so they don't get the results of what's going on inside of them as a process that's come from this formless substance down through them. And it causes an anxiety to appear. It also gives a feeling of ambition. But for what? I want this and this and this and this and this and this. Too many directions. No way can they fulfill that. 
they must then gather people of like mind, like purpose, and share that and bring that into a conscious direction where everyone gives up a little of their own psychic space called, well, I want mine or I want it this way, and say, what is it that we want to accomplish? One thing that JR touches on here, which has been something that I have dealt with for as long as I remember and, uh, and is something that I still deal with, which is he, when he talks about the creative person having many ideas and basically the way I, I manifest that is having so many ideas and then trying to do too many of them all at the same time and, and then not completing which has been something that I have, I have had to deal with quite a bit. So I really relate to that. And I think I know that there's other creative types out there that you just have so many ideas for so many different projects and so many different areas that it, the trap really is to try to like manifest all these different ideas rather than before moving on things, really bring it. And that's where having that definiteness of direction and even higher than that having having that definiteness of your purpose and and the higher intention of your life and of where you're going to measure that too so that that's at least what I found in terms of dealing with the create the having so many ideas and and a key that he brought forward was you know to get a group together to get on this purpose and on where you're going and so that everyone joins in uh, going towards that, though we all give up a bit of our own, our own personal wants or the way we see it in order to contribute more to the group. So that's been something that I've, been, I've dealt with in a lot of ways. And, and actually what Jerry used to tell me, because I'd get overwhelmed and all that, he, he said, you can do these things, but you just need to have them all in the same line. So you line them up and then you just do one after the other, which is kind of what I was mentioning before is, is a technique to deal with things. So let's go to the next excerpt here uh, where he's talking about the, the motive. We cannot really do anything without the motive power. There must be a motive to move the power. And power without a plan of action something where we've laid out one, two, three, four, five down the line, becomes static. And we all know that static type of electricity gives you a little jolt and a shock, and it makes you think something's happened, but it dissipates rapidly. And then you're left in the state of maybe I'll get a shock or something will happen, but it didn't get what I wanted, and woe was me, and before you know it, you're back again in that nondescript term saying, I'm not being directed. Gee, I've lost confidence in myself. And you are plugged into infinite supply, supplying it with that type of energy. I don't got it. Plugged in. I feel bad. It plugs in. I'm poor. It plugs in. Then later on you say, oh God, please give it to me. And out comes, <laughs> well... <laughs> You get dumped on. Then you say, why me? Why dump all that? Because that's why you dumped in. That's what dumped back again. But it's, well, one day I was nice. And one day you'll get it nice. It will probably be the shortest day of the year, however. So once again, JR really brings the idea that it's important to be specific and to have a plan of action, to take steps physically, just wanting something, just putting it out there into this essence and to focus on it doesn't necessarily bring those things that you want until you have, you want to put a plan of action of going towards it and the steps that you're, you're going to take to go towards that. Um, and it reminds me of something he used to say a lot, which is that spirit meets you at the point of your action. And so that's something that is important in this process is, is having that plan of action. Also, another thing that he talked about 
at least if I were to summarize it, is what you give into this energy, what you give into this formless substance uh, is what you receive back. So when you put that those negative thoughts and those doubts and and you start going down in your energy and you start putting that out, you have to be responsible for what you create. So in a way, we're all creating this, whether we're consciously going towards something that we want more of, or we're just kind of floundering around in our own self-pity or other emotions or just floating around. So if you're going to be um, putting this creative energy in motion, regardless of whether you're consciously going towards a direction or not, it seems to me that it would make a lot more sense to have an idea of your direction and where you're going and to utilize this so that you do have more of what you want in your life rather than have less of it and and not be happy about that. So we're going to go into the reasons now, the reasons to get a hold of this energy. There would be two reasons to get a hold of this higher energy, two good reasons. One would be to become full and complete in yourself and become an example of a higher life, just so other people could look at you and say, hey, there is success in this world. There is a higher, better way to do it. And you as the example walk out amongst people. Examples are needed. Also, the second reason is that people are going to ask you, what are you doing? And it will give you a chance to share with them the same method that you gained to help them get their higher resolve resolved and get on in their life. So there's a twofold purpose here. One is to get it, and the other is to share it. So there you have it. That really sums up why... Why even do all this? Well, one is to be that example of success and the other is to share it and to share how you did that and to, sh and to assist others along, to assist them in, in doing what you're being a, an example of. And really, the more we share it uh, versus feeling that it's limited or that there's a competition or something, which we'll actually get more into in this second episode about all of this, but the more, more you share it, actually the more, from my experience, the more you give to others and that you share with others uh, of the overflow and of the abundance and of how you've done it and what's worked is that it actually creates even more goodness and more abundance in your own life. So let's go to the next excerpt here. And if you just get it and keep it, you start to lose it. The big key is to share it. I don't know how many times I've told people. The sharing of it is the receiving of it. The object of all life is development. Development to the point that you're capable of developing to. That point will not declare itself one moment before you die. So you can't say, well, in 15 years I did it, that's it. Not if you're still alive, it isn't. You mean I got to keep going? You don't got to, but it'd be wise to. There, Chair went right into the point I was talking about, which is, is sharing it. The sharing of it is really how to continue it and how to continue on with it and, and to keep going with it. Because, like you said, until you're dead, you've got to just keep going with it because... Either way, you're still dealing with this formless substance. So here's the next part of this. But this energy has a way of reaching down where you're standing and grabbing the substance underneath you and pulling it real fast if you don't keep going. That fall is not a fall in disgrace, but it's a moment of shaking you awake that you better get going. And many people have that wit to say, hey, I better start moving. That was a message for me. Others want to pass it off as an excuse and try to stay where they are. But in that moment of trying to stay where they are, they start to experience 
that thing that we call failure, where the energy drops inside, where the negative thinking comes in. The emotions start to run all sorts of, I don't know what's going on, maybe I won't make it. And terror becomes part of your roommate. And it can become very difficult. That is an excerpt that really reminds me of a friend that I was talking to recently who was really struggling with really the future and he was having a lot of panic and because it seemed like the rug had been pulled out from under him which as Jared just mentioned that can happen and there is a message in that and it's shaking you awake and my friend half jokingly was saying that maybe he needs to get on some medication to be able to handle the stresses of his financial life. And, and he said, because at least then he would be relating to the situation differently. And I encouraged him to look at it a little differently where the situation doesn't change uh, when you medicate yourself, but you might not, as JR says here, you know, you, you might miss the message that it's telling you and that it's shaking you awake when you just uh, numb the responses to it. Because there is a message in there. There is a message when, when your world is shaking and when it seems like the rug is being pulled out from under you. And one of the things that I find often when we're in that space, at least for me, is that it's often about not this moment. Generally, when it's that kind of anxiety and panic, it's about the future. And it's about our really imagination or fantasy about the future or some terrible consequences or not being able to pay something or being whatever all those fears that can come up. So really, there's a message in, in this. And that message actually leads you to your freedom if you can get the message. And it's not something you may get mentally in terms of, oh, this is the, the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. Sometimes it's a lesson that is something that has to be, be a behavior change, acted on physically, and things of that uh, nature where you're dealing in this physical level. And that becomes the learning and you find the learning in the doing and, and in the going through it. And the more you can be in the moment, and that's part of it, the, the less you're going to have the anxiety about the future. Because in the moment, the more you can be in this moment, the less that energy is going. Because really, in essence, what you're doing is when we talked about earlier, where you have that feeling and that thought that are coming into oneness, that are going towards your goal. Uh, really, your your feelings and your thoughts are going into the future and into a made-up future, really, or a fear of something that may happen in the future. Um, and so your thoughts and your feelings are going into that, and you can't, you're, they're not in line with your goal because you can't act, you can't change the future now, as we all know. Though, I, I will say, when we're in this, when your ticket is being punched in the sense that your number's up and you're feeling that those anxieties and those panics because I've, I've been in those kind of situations myself and gone through them. It's, it's a lot easier to discuss it like I am here uh, than it is to get through it. The good news is you can get through it, but it can be, it can be really challenging and like, said, you know, that I think he mentioned something about the terror or the feelings of terror and all of that. So, uh, so let's go on to the next part, which is on using this energy. Well, to use this energy, we have three primary ways to do this. First one, of course, is obvious, the body, shelter, protection, love. So that formless substance will give us that type of energy. The second one is for the mind, and that's done through art and beauty and studying and reading books and sitting with people who have the philosophy of life and listening to that 
and activating that and moving on it. And of course, the third one is the soul. And of course, that's just love. That's the way that activates through the soul, is just the loving. It is the ability to sacrifice. Not that God is asking of anyone, sacrifice your life now, but that God is asking, make the most out of yourself that you possibly can. Why? You'll be happier. Oh, I never thought of that. I thought maybe you wanted me to lead uh, the mass exodus. I left a long time ago. You're part of the group that rebelled. Oh, yeah, I recognize that. So that last excerpt was really great in that J.R. really put forward something that, that I experienced with him, which is that God wants you to make the most of yourself so that you'll be happy, uh, that you'll be happier. And it's not like God's asking you to be a victim and impoverished and all these things and give up everything you want or all of that. It really is that God wants you to be, and which is a great message that God wants you to be, to make the most of, you, of yourself and of your gifts. And that's something that I found being around JR for all those years is that he really, and sometimes it was, he demonstrated that through a real kick in the ass that he wanted to make sure that you didn't have to, it wasn't about being as good as somebody else. He wanted to make sure that you were living the highest level for yourself, that you were making the most of yourself and utilizing your gifts. And that's something that he always held for those and and assisted those who were close to him physically in doing. So here's the next uh, excerpt. One of man's highest happiness is in bestowing gifts upon the ones they love. Just think about that. Bestowing gifts upon the ones you love. Inside of you, a quality takes place. The one who gets it, it's up to them now to decide what they want to do with it. Most people do not value that gift as much as they value the thought that went through all the energy of that formless substance to get that object, to bring it forward, to present it to them. And they recognize the formless energy that has brought forward the gift through this one who says, I love you. This really is um, my experience of it. So I was on Vow of Poverty for many, many years when I was working with JR. And one of the things that when I became involved in a relationship, I, I didn't have anything to give because I didn't have anything in terms of as a gift to someone else. When I went off of Vow of Poverty, one of my favorite things was to be able to give gifts, <laughs> to give. That was one of the first things when I worked and made some money is that I gave gifts and that was the greatest joy. I gave gifts to JR, I gave gifts to the one I love that I was in a relationship with. And, and that was truly, he was right. It's one of the joys of you know, earning and making this is to be able to give gifts to those people whom you love. And so that just reminded me of that, uh, came up in that. Let's go to the next excerpt. Love finds its most natural, spontaneous expression in giving. When somebody says, I love you, and they walk the other way, you can forget that they love you. But when they say, I love you, and they're lifting you up, it's a spontaneous expression. There's an old saying, I just can't keep my hands off them. Yes, a spontaneous thing. It's, God, I wish I could have kept my mouth shut, but it came forward. Yes. Then we attempt to apologize for love's expression. And the other person says, you don't have to apologize. We say, well, why not? They say, I was glad to hear you say it. I'm interested. <laughs> Let's move on that one. <laughs> 
When we gain these material things in the world, is there any value in that? Sure. Well, not a whole heck of a lot, except by using the material things correctly. And that means in the sharing of them. We find then that we can live a more fulfilled life through our body. Some people are in there wondering what's going on. I don't feel anything. It's dead. I've got to take drugs or get drunk or do something else to try to feel alive. That's just temporary sensation, folks. That's not feeling alive. Feeling alive is a whole different type of energy. It's joy and it's happiness. And it's a willingness to be involved in life, with life, because it's the formless substance formed in all of you. So what can possibly go wrong? She didn't do it the way I wanted. That's what can go wrong. <laughs> Don't blame her. Blame the formless. No, no, because then it'll blame me back. Well, who do you think you're blaming when you blame her anyway? The formless. Right. In that excerpt, I mean, we cover a fair amount of ground. Obviously, the, the sharing of the... So you, you get all this stuff, or you, you're successful, and then what's the value of the materiality? And it does become sharing in that, not just hoarding, not just having, because it's really not that much fun just to have it yourself. I mean, it is for a minute, but then being able to share that with others is really where the fun comes in and and i'm all i'm all about fun these days i really am looking for fun in the things that i do and jerry used to be like that no matter what was going on it was you know he didn't want to be involved if he was if it wasn't fun if he wasn't having a good time so and he often brought the good time in fact a lot of the times in situations that wouldn't have been so great he brought the fun to it because he wasn't going to be involved without it uh, so one of the the things that he also mentioned is is that that sharing is the the right useness or it's the correct use of the good of the material stuff and one of the things that that reminded me of was of gratitude and of and I actually think it came somewhere from a JR excerpt at, at some point or something he said, but that gratitude is using the gifts that were given, and that would be one way to demonstrate gratitude. And so when we have these material things and sharing them with others and using them is, is a way to have gratitude. And then talking about, I thought that was brilliant, just about how uh, we could blame someone else and because we don't want to blame God or the, the source of this formless essence and or this, this formless energy. But, you know, when you're blaming another person or you're trying to put the negativity on them, you're also doing it to this formless energy. And so it really just becomes, you know, you're, you're projecting on, onto that. And so you, you get it back just the same, whether you, you do it to a person or you do it inside of you to putting it into that formless energy. I appreciated that. So let's go on, go on. We're, we're getting, we're getting there guys. We're getting there for this first episode. Um, there's just so, so much. I think this is an incredible seminar. Is there an, unli is there an unlimited supply? And if you really just want to get it, I, I encourage you to get it. You can get it at MSIA's website, msia.org. Uh, because it really does just have, I'm picking excerpts, but it's almost an hour seminar. So here you go. Don't let the negativity of the world throw you away from the essence of the one truth, that this one substance is through all things. And it forms in many shapes. And it responds to thought, good or bad. Why? It doesn't know bad. And it responds to the creative thought, that thought that has a definite direction and a plan and a proposal and a method, much faster than it will respond to the one who's the daydreamer who very vaguely says, I think I want a career of some kind. <laughs> or I'd like to travel someday. I wonder where I will travel to. 
to the kitchen, to the bedroom, to the kitchen. That wasn't quite what I had in mind. What was it had in mind? More like going on a boat cruise down to the Caribbean and see already I'm plugging into this substance what it is that I want. I'm starting to define it and pull it to me. Once again, Cher really brought it back to this idea of being specific. And to me, this is why ideal scenes are actually really great and important when you're you're looking to to manifest something and you're looking to have a goal to go towards the, the, the more you can clearly define it. And really, if you look at ideal scenes, they're just clearly defining what you want. So if, if you say, like in this instance, I want to travel more, I've heard this a lot from a lot of people. Oh, I, I really, I want to be doing some more traveling. I want to do some more travel. Well, you know what? Sit down. Where, where would the next place you would go? Where would that be? And start researching the place and start figuring out the itinerary. And, and as you move towards it and you define it and you become specific with it, um, it gives this, this energy, this formless substance, something to go on, a blueprint to go on. And like you said, it doesn't matter what, whether it's good or bad, according to whoever, what you're putting into it. It just, it responds. It's to me in a way it's kind of like saying electricity, it can be used for things which some people would say bad, and it can be used to power things which some people would say are good. So it's not about good or bad. It's just energy that, that you use. And to me, it's a very similar, in, in that aspect, it's a very similar thing with this formless substance where it's this energy that you use for this process of manifestation. So with the ideal scenes too is, I ha it just reminds me, I, I have a, a close friend who is wanting to have a different living situation that he's currently in. And I recommended doing a, a ideal scene to him. And then I checked in with him and he hadn't done it. I mean, he's still going to get to it. But, you know, sometimes one of the things that JR also taught and that others have taught, which is microscopic steps or small steps, there's books on it, you know, manufacturing, Toyota uses it, all these different things of small continual improvements. So rather than, so in order to help my friend out, I was like, well, why don't you just write me every day one thing? You can't write me any more than one thing, just one thing that you want in your ideal scene for your living situation. So every day he's writing me one thing because after a couple weeks, maybe two, three weeks, he's going to have plenty to put onto his ideal scene. He can just copy and paste it. And that way, getting over the hump of this, you know, trying to create this big thing, every day he can just think of, of one thing. And because of me checking in with him, if he's not doing it, it keeps him accountable to doing it. So, you know, use your friends, use your friends if, if, and, and utilize this information. That's something that you can listen to this podcast, but utilize it, just utilize it in one aspect, just one thing that you want and start creating that definite, definitive approach of, of defining like what exactly it is that you want. And super important, always ask this or something better for the highest good. So on your ideal scene, on that piece of paper that you're starting to write it down or enlist a friend and, and send them every day the different things. But then when you put it down, you know, really have that internal intention that like, this is what you think you want right now. You're going to put it in the light and you're going to ask for the highest good uh, so that if there's something better, if there's something you don't even know about or you're, you're missing, that something better will come. Or if this would be something that wouldn't be towards your uh, advantage for your soul's purpose here at this time, uh, that it wouldn't manifest in that way or at all. And so that's something to definitely keep in mind. We're getting, we're getting through this. We're getting close. There's just, it just keeps going. I mean, this has been full of of so much great information and he just keeps going. We're, I mean, we're not even, these excerpts, we're not even halfway through the seminar. Here you go. A lot of people get their money's worth, but they don't get the value. And many people get the value way over what the money's worth was. 
Because they take and add on to what they receive. They take and add on. There's a statement in Scripture that says, if you don't use what I give you, even that's going to be taken away from you. It's like, hey, don't take that. That's all I got. Could you give me two and I'll try one? Give them another one. They say, hey, only two. I better hang on to it. Give me a third one and I'll, I will this time. I promise. Cross my fingers and my heart, whichever side. So they get the third one. Oh, that's too much to lose. Give me the fourth one. This is called the gimme group. They don't want to put anything out to watch the talent grow and develop because it will return more than that by far. In this last excerpt, Jared talks about two different approaches to when you're receiving these things. One is, is the, give me, the give me more group in a way. He said the give me group, the give me more. Um, always looking for more and afraid of losing uh, what they have. And then there's, there's the group that I would, I would say is more in the, the gratitude group and, and the using, because like I said earlier, in the using what is given and adding to it and letting it grow. Um, which reminds me of someone that uh, I heard recently just discussing their investments, their investments in small projects and, and that, how they've they've helped entrepreneurs and they they made their money and then they they started helping entrepreneurs with ideas that they liked and started helping these small businesses and and in a way that was their way of of giving back of what they'd received and not only that that it has produced because some of those have been super successful so it produced even more they're now continuing that process of of re helping uh, people with, with their creativity and their ideas. So that's, that's something to look at there. And so we're going to go into this last excerpt for this episode before we close this one, which is the part one of, of this podcast. So here, here's the next part. The wealth, the abundance, the prosperity, the riches are all around us because it all comes from infinite supply. And we look at limited objects and declare that to be the supply. You mean this is it? <laughs> this is it? They wrote a famous song about that. They said, this is it? I should have kept dancing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> if you're going to limit yourself... To that that you observe as being the real thing, you are not seeing the truth in life. The very essence that motivates every one of us is the same invisible essence. Call it the breath of life. Call it the formless substance. Whatever form you want to call it, that is what I'm talking about. It is what created this universe. Out of the formlessness, it created the form. But a lot of people think it used itself all up. It didn't. It just used enough to create the universe. It's got a lot more left over for us to get a hold of and pull forward and create more. I don't know how to create more. I'm not through yet. <laughs> I've just been teasing, but telling you the truth. Well, one of the rules of this game is this. Everything you see on earth is made from one original substance and is formed into many things. Keep that one in mind. The second rule says the formless stuff responds to the needs of man. Here's the catch. It is an intelligent formless substance that will respond to an intelligent form that's put into it. That intelligent form has self-confidence and direction. Get it? It has a plan of action, of moving on it. 
That's why you just can't go abracadabra and make it appear, except it does appear. It's just in the formless state. What would you make with it? Well, I don't, I don't know. I just make this ball. Okay, there you go. One of the first principles dealing with this formless substance. Well, I'm going to leave it on the cliffhanger with that excerpt because next time we're going to deal with, we're going to start there with the first principles. But I think that there's some amazing stuff to point out in that last excerpt. One of the things he talks about, which is interesting, is is how if we look, we're looking at the objects out there and the limited objects and thinking that, that it's limited and, and because we're not seeing beyond it to the unlimited supply, to the, to the formless substance, which all this was created from. And when we bring forward new creations, there's still it didn't use itself up, which I think is a funny idea that, you know, we may think, oh, it, this is limited. And, and in, when you're looking at investments and all these things, and, or if you're looking at history and wars and all these things, a lot of times you're dealing with people perceiving the limited resources and, you know, the value of the money is, you know, can be related to that, to how, you know, what the limited resources are. And also, wars are fought over these limited resources and things of that nature. And we're always talk to, talking in the, in the dialogue in this world about the limited and how we see it as limited. And that's because we're looking out there, but we're not looking past it to the infinite supply. We're not looking to the things that we can bring into creation. And there are those who are, and I think in a lot of ways that's what Jair is talking about, is those people who can manifest the new things coming forward. And to to make that point is that to have, he, he brought forward the, the four aspects of people doing that, which is to have the self-confidence, to have the direction, the definiteness of direction, to have a plan of action, and then to be moving on it. And that, to me, is a great focus focus to have if you want to start uh, doing this more, is to have that self-confidence. Remember how he defined that, which was having the thought and the feeling and oneness and moving on that direction. And so the, the second one is having the definiteness of direction, having those steps of how you're going to get there, that plan of action. And then of course it comes down to moving on it and moving in alignment with that. So that's the episode for today, the first part of this uh, episode. So I hope that uh, some of you got some value in this and so god bless you all and we'll talk to you next time take care